Welcome to The Dream Show. I'm Jane Teresa Anderson and this is episode 250-250. Feels like a kind of milestone, doesn't it? Like, well, I guess it is a quarter, a quarter of a thousand. I wonder if it'll still be around when we're doing episode a thousand. I'm not even going to try to calculate that at the moment. But I'm very glad and proud that we've reached episode 250. And our guest today, bringing a dream for us to explore together, is Ash. And Ash is from country Victoria, as you'll hear. We have just finished recording the dream. Now, for those of you who have never listened to the dream show before, I need to explain that when somebody volunteers to be a guest on the show, which is the format for the show, we arrange the date, we arrange the time, we phone up, we Skype up, we make the connection, and it's not until we press the record button that I hear the dream for the first time or that I know anything at all about the dream for the first time. And we do it this way because we are told over and over again, and we really love it every time you tell us, that you love that format, you like that experience of listening to the podcast, hearing the dream, hearing me hear the dream for the first time, and the steps we take from there to explore it. So we've just finished that process. Fantastic dream, great exploration. You're going to love it. You're going to love Ash. You're going to love the dream. You're going to love the whole thing. But just before we go there, the websites, my main website, janeteresa.com, that's Teresa without an H, is where you can go to listen to every episode of the dream show that's ever been. Although, of course, you can always listen to the most recent episodes on all the usual podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, or, and, or basically all of them. Um, also at janetheresa.com, you can read hundreds of blogs on dreams and dreaming that I've written over many years. You can also find out about my books. You can find out how to consult me if you want to go through this process um, privately and confidentially. Or, of course, you can access my courses. Now, my courses are also available on my e-learning site, the Dream Academy. And you can go directly there. The address for that is dream-academy-online.com. And there are all sorts of courses you can do there, beginning with how to interpret your dreams step by step. Or find me on Facebook or Instagram. But let's get on to the exciting part of the podcast, Ash and his dream. Welcome to the Dream Show, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> where are, I know you're in Australia and you're in Victoria, but where exactly are you? Uh, I'm in a town called Wodonga, which is on Dudaroa country in northeast Victoria, sort of on the border of um, Aubrey Wodonga on the banks of the Murray River. Oh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely and it's a beautiful time of year. So yes. spring is around the corner, so everything's looking lush and green and ready to bloom. It's beautiful. <laughs> Are, are you also able to go out and enjoy it? Are you, or are you in lockdown at the moment? Uh, we're in lockdown. So we can, um, you know, the great thing about living in regional Australia is that, you know, we can still access good park, you know, bushland and stuff. Yes. So it's only, a, if we want to go and exercise, it's only a short stroll to some nice hilly, you know, bush that we can explore. So it's good. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, as you know, I have no idea what your dream is, so it's yep. over to you now. Okay, so um, I've had, yeah, look, I've been interested in um, well, kind of looking at sort of Jungian um, philosophies for a long time. I'm an artist, um, and one of the, and I also like to cook, um, and hmm. I had a business with my partner, um, 
we had a, a cafe that we did all the kind of cooking from scratch and you know we were not restaurateurs at all it was just a passion a love thing that we did of passion um and anyway so the dream kind of is is sort of there somewhere so there's a, a chef that we know um and the dream starts that i um was visiting him to talk about concrete um and i noticed he'd been as i and he's a chef and i'd noticed that he'd been working on a new sculpture um it was concrete glass and other bits of stuff um it was really large um and it was conglomerate um sort of stained glass window but not if you mm. if that makes sense mm. um it was set on the side of a large so this is in the house um and it was set on the side of a large open plan cathedral roof house all of concrete and different textures um really architectural and you know the textural the walls were um ornate with this kind of texture yes um, the studio was in the side space, um, and it was long and narrow vault-like space. The work in progress that he was working on, this concrete work, was situated halfway down the room in that studio. Um, I quickly took some good photographs of it. The monolith on my iPhone, you know, like this monolith that I took on my iPhone. Yes. While remaining in conversation with him and his wife... Um, I began walking towards the work. Um, I was somewhat peeved as the work was a direct rip-off of a work that I had made and was going to make, or that I was going to make. I can't be sure. Mm. So, um, and as I got closer, I noticed that the very edge, that it was on the very edge of a step-down split level. So the this monolithic sculpture was at, at the edge end step of this kind of step Ooh. down into the studio mm. um as i stepped down i purposely pushed it and it began to collapse from the top down just a quarter of it as i walked out of the studio and back into the open space um i noticed as i i noticed the the uh the noise of the crashing down was really loud and it just kept going. They walked around to see it and it had fully collapsed and was ruined. I acted remorseful and trying to cry. Um, he said that he wasn't sure that we could still be friends. Um, <laughs> if that, you know, so it was kind of like they walked around, um, you know, and it kind of happened very quickly. Um, and that, you know, that he wasn't sure whether we could still be friends, that his work had been destroyed. Mm. Um, uh, and that he was sorry, uh, um, but as I had broken it, I'd need to pay for it as well. Mm. Um, he asked if I had insurance and I said no. And he said they would have to pay $1,000. Um, <laughs> the sculpture <laughs> was smashed to smithereens. Um it was fine and sparkly like so it kind of like exploded like what well, it kind of like smashed to smithereens but into this fine sort of sparkly like glitter mm. um the broom wasn't really working so i was sort of cleaning kind of compelled to sort of clean it up um but the broom i was working with wasn't working as i continued sweeping um 
it started to change into a into a rollable plastic um of which i got down on the floor and rolled up the mess so it kind of turned into this like a plastic mat that i could roll up mm-hmm. but like a bit but pliable um a pliable sort of material plastic material um I began to really try and cry, but I had no tears and I was making all the right sounds, but there were absolutely no tears <laughs> while slaying out while well, saying out loud that I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm constantly bumping into things and breaking things and falling over. So it was this kind of hysteria or well, not hysteria, but kind of upset kind of trying to cry. Um, and then and then saying these things that you know I'm constantly breaking things I'm constantly bumping into things and falling over his daughter with a baby on her hip sort of showed up because they were sort of my friend and his wife were in the kitchen part and then his daughter turned up with a baby on her hip um, and um showing me how to take down this kind of really theatrical curtain that was in the far right-hand corner of the studio away from the from the sculpture um and the baby seemed to be in a dangerous position in the mother's arms um and in relation to the curtain rope so if um i told her that i got the drift and that i could do it um i was worried that she was going to hurt the baby and that's when i woke up Wow, yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when um when did you have the dream, Ash? Oh, uh, that was probably about uh probably shortly after I reached out to you, really. Mm, so that was about or, or, uh, probably around the same time as reaching out to you. Yeah. So as yeah. we as we go through the dream, we're really um primarily beginning by relating it to the day or two before the dream and mm. then branching out from there so if you keep your mind at where you were then um yeah. yeah fantastic so you've mentioned that you come from a jungian kind of background so you're going to be familiar with uh taking the more courageous step of considering everybody and everything in the dream as representing something about the dreamer yeah mm. um one <laughs> just a few questions to begin with uh, yeah. towards the end you said you were you were sort of trying to cry and there were no tears and you're making all the right sounds and you you were saying if I can read my writing correctly, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm constantly bumping into things and falling over. When you were saying that, was that part of the trying? Was that sort of part of the these are the right things to say, or were you really feeling that? No, I was really feeling that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, that's good. So there's a, so there are some parts in the dream where you're sort of trying to cry and trying to make it sound resourceful, the, the remorse, and then there are other areas where you're actually getting into the feeling and knowing yeah. the air. Is something wrong here? Mm. And the um, the daughter and the baby at the end are they dream symbols, or do your friends actually have a daughter with a baby? No, they're dream symbols. They're dream yeah. symbols, even all the more powerful. Okay, and with the um, uh, the, the the concrete um, conglomerate stained glass kind of structure, is mm-hmm. is is that the kind of uh, material that you would normally sculpture or not? No, not at all. So this is something, um, like I'd kind of been working with, um, you know, I'd never worked, I'm not a sculptor at all. I work 
differently to that, but I have been using some concrete in some aspects of my creative practice at the moment. Okay, so that's so the concrete is the thing there, and um, I'm I'm struck by lots of things, <laughs> but I'm struck by the contrast between the concrete structure at the beginning, the monolith, um, and the fact that as you after you knocked it down and after you tried to sweep it up and everything, it actually transformed into something quite pliable. So we sort of went through this concrete. Um, a thing that was that when you knocked it over was so um, when you, it literally shattered. So mm. we, we know that it was very stiff and unbending. It was monolith, and it transformed ultimately into something very pliable that you could roll up. So it's kind of like that that uh, that transformation happening in the dream. And so you know, based on that, I guess just first of all from your art um, work perspective, Ash, when you say that you've used concrete in your recent art explorations, have you used that concrete in a in a concrete kind of um, uh, um, unbreakable, static, strong? Yeah, look, I sense? guess I'm using it to represent um, government and bureaucracy. Yes. Ah, excellent. So, so you're right at the beginning of the dream. That concrete, in many ways, for you represents not only your art, but the um, the way in which you are um, getting across government and bureaucracy. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, so, if if you're, um, the message that you want to give about government um, and bureaucracy were to uh, were, were to roll literally into um, a model of something more pliable. Would would that be something that you're trying to um, bring into place a, a, a movement of government and bureaucracy into something more pliable, more rollable, more flexible? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, that's really interesting because I guess my I work conceptually. I start from a conceptual place in order to make art, and one of and that that concept I'm constantly dealing with, in no matter what form the art takes. Um, is my kind of response to the dominant authorities and cultures that contradict an inclusive and ideal society. Mm. Um, so whatever work I'm making is really about, you know, there's room for everybody and it's about how, how do we make room? How do we allow other people to have space too? So when we've got a dominant um force that says this is how it is then that's when you know that's where i start to make work yes and and, and with a with a ultimate direction of hoping to make things more flexible more pliable more inclusive yeah. as you say yeah which is really lovely okay so we know at one level we're working on at that you know symbolically when we look through a dream we're also looking at areas within yourself or you know different areas of your mental emotional spiritual physical life as well mm. as beautifully as this dream illustrates sometimes the dream actually working along with us creatively you know continuing yep. ideas that we've got in the dream state and and working through them so we've got that too um and we've also got there, haven't we, the essence that you can't, in your dream, the only way to change the monolith into, even though you didn't think that you were changing it into something pliable, but the only way that to do that was actually to completely smash it, mm -hmm. <laughs> to completely yeah. bring it back yeah. to, to, to beginning um, and then to try to sort of sweep it up. And, and then suddenly it sort of under its own alchemy became something pliable and quite amazing. Mm. Mm. Um, 
So we've also got running through this this idea of um, pretending to cry. <laughs> mm. No tears. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because so, in, in, in the last kind of um, 18 months, I felt like I've done nothing but cry. Mm. So yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. All cry- and, and, and at the time of the dream, it would, be, would have still been easy for you to cry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. But you cried, presumably, around lockdown, <laughs> around lockdown and COVID and other things. Have you, in the dream, what you were trying to cry, uh, you were trying to cry for some damage that you had uh, created yourself from an action mm-hmm. that you took. So there's a sense yeah. there of, I, I did something that, I really wanted it. You did want to do it, didn't you? You did want to. Say yeah, I mean that was. I mean that was, the, and I remember that feeling in that. You know, I can feel that. Um, oh, what's the word? You know, when you do something that you shouldn't have done, and you, you just feel really good about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having that sensation in my body. You know, like, or in, you know, through the dream, I remember having that amazing mm. kind of sense of yeah good <laughs> <laughs> and so you know based on that why would there be tears of remorse because you actually didn't have any remorse it actually was something that you wouldn't normally do but felt really good mm. I guess there's the interesting thing be, well the 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 wanting to do it was to show you know these these people that I actually um well, that you know, I should feel bad for what I've done to them or done to the object. Mm. You know. So you were you were you were thinking that you wanted to demonstrate to the other people and make it right for them that yeah. you should have felt, res- res- even though within yourself you felt really good. So you were concerned with what other people were thinking. Absolutely, in the yeah. dream. Yes, rather than going with what. In fact, you were dishonest because you yeah <laughs> you weren't yeah. honest about your feelings you were trying to cover up and be dramatic about it but it's it wasn't how you were really feeling yeah at, at the at the time of the dream what might you have um been thinking that you should feel remorseful about but actually feeling really good about just random question yeah look i'm not sure and it's something i've pondered i guess i've just been doing a lot of um I guess uh, my mum hasn't been very well for the last year, so I've done a lot of um, looking at... I just feel like I've been doing a lot of looking after everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'd you made some major changes in my life, which were I quit, you know... Um, I quit doing jobs that I didn't like, you know, that I don't like, that I'm wasting my time and energy in, um, and I've, you know, quit those and I'm concentrating 100% on my own art practice. Um, and that that process has taken something that I thought would be easy to make that transition into doing something you love has been quite difficult because it's about setting up new boundaries and that expectation of going to work you know, going to a job where you where people know that you're not available from a nine to five, let's say, to my current situation where people don't really understand that, well, let's, yeah, I'm creative, I'm an artist, this is my work, this isn't a job, this is my work. Yes. Um, and that therefore that they don't really understand that. So there's the kind of thing, well, 
can you pop over and do this? Or, you know, I thought I'd drop over for dinner, you know, for lunch or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so that transition was something that was very, I I knew that there would be a transition, but I didn't realize the reality of that transition. Mm. So, um, that makes a lot of sense. So, you, you, on, when, on one level, you could compare that with, with smashing the monolith, even, even though in the dream you smashed the monolith because it seemed to be a rip-off of one of your f- present or future works. There, mm. There's also a sense of, you know, perhaps, I don't know, could the monolith be this, this one monoculture that we've got where you've got to go to work and you've got to work nine to five and you've got to do this and you've got to do that? And you kind of, you know, smash that <laughs> mm. to smithereens. Want, I want to be more flexible in, in, in my work and also, but as you say, also have these boundaries. So that sense of the um, remorse that isn't remorse could also be along the lines of, you know, should I be feeling remorse for giving up my nine to five job? Should I be feeling remorse for turning down um, uh, people's invitation, people's uh, um uh, coming to my house and wanting to have lunch or wanting to help me, maybe I should be, you know, they, I, I should be expressing remorse to them or expressing, oh, I'm, re- you know, I'm really sorry, I'm, I, I can't do this for you, but and and yet underneath it all, just feeling really, really pleased. That kind of along those lines. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and also I think there might be a bit of the other two of actually kind of saying, um, you know, instead of the I should. Um, you know, I should do this, I should do that. It's actually kind of like, well, no, I don't have to. So, the, you know, the, the opposite to that, that I should be going out and doing this. Yes. Um, so I can see both sides of, of that too, that there's the, you know, the feeling good about um, doing what I want to do and not being remorseful, and then the feeling bad that I'm not doing what perhaps I think I should be doing. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So yeah. the, perhaps you think you should be doing is back to the nine to five job or, or is back is helping people and entertaining them when they drop in on you? Yeah, I think that, you know, helping people entertain, you know, the kind of um, care for my mum, you know, actually taking a little bit of that back, taking some of my time back from that, mm. um, you know, and that's something that I've done over the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and that's been quite different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that does make sense of the uh, trying to cry and the no tears. You've got that conflict about how you actually feel about it. Mm. Yeah. And yet when, but when you actually then shout out, though, I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep bumping into things. Things keep falling over. That was heartfelt in the dream. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. That was, I mean, I, could still, I still vividly remember that. It was very mm. weird. It was... Um, because, because, yeah. Sorry. No, no. I, 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 my, my take on that, given that you are having difficulty setting boundaries, is that's the bumping into things, you know. Aha. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm constantly bumping into things and falling over because it's really difficult to set the boundaries so that I don't bump into them and so that I don't fall over. And I'm getting this is a bit. This is the tears aren't about remorse for the decisions that I've made and the shoulds or the shouldn'ts. The tears are about my frustration about the boundaries that I'm finding yeah. difficult to set. Oh my god! Absolutely, bang on. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, um, we're going to do a lot more, but technically, then at least at that point, you go well. Okay. So all we've got to do, <laughs> all we've got mm. to do, is uh, find ways to set these boundaries and. 
and stick with them. But I I just, you know, I know we've got a lot at the beginning of the dream to go, but I just want to jump to the bit where the daughter and the baby come in because that's straight after that statement there about bumping into things. It's it's where your dreaming mind went naturally after these boundaries aren't working for me at the moment. We get the daughter and the baby. What kind of energy did the daughter have in the dream? Um, Well, not like not... It wasn't a... It was helpful, you know? The intent was helpful. It was like, oh, I just want to show you how to do this curtain. You know, it's in the way. Um, And it was kind of, I felt like there was a... I think it was neutral, um, but it didn't feel... um, uh, Yeah, it felt neutral, I guess Mm. is the best way to say. Mm. It was just somebody coming along to say... Hi, Ash, you know, this is the curtain bit here, you know, da-da-da-da. And it was kind of knowing that all the other stuff had happened, but that's not an issue, if that makes sense. Yes, that wasn't an issue. And she wanted to help you to take down the theatrical curtain, or...? It was it was like just hoist the curtain up or open. I can't really remember. Like, it was sort of to the right, to push to this. It was a big you know, full-length cathedral ceiling kind of velvet (laughs) curtain with, you know, the beautiful rope and stuff. It was only half a curtain, if I remember correctly. Like, it didn't... It was only one. It didn't have a split in it. Yes. It was just, you know... And it it was pushed against the side anyway. It was open. So I'm not sure what I was doing, whether I was hoisting it up or, or hoisting it closed. Right. So if we if we take that in the context of the boundaries in, there can be that thing that the, the curtain can be a boundary. Yeah. And you weren't sure <laughs> whether you were actually opening it or closing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, what, what, how do I feel about this boundary? Is it something I want to be open? Is it closed? I don't know where I actually want the boundary and what kind of boundary it is. But to some extent, it's something quite theatrical or it's what you would use a theatrical curtain for. What would you use a theatrical curtain for in your life? Um, oh, decoration. Mm-hmm. Um but also, I guess, you know, I mean, there's a tie there with the glitter for me. I mean, just that wanting that sparkly, you know, I love glitter, um, you know, and I guess we have a lot of drag queen friends, um, mm-hmm. so we're always covered in glitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess theatre and, and entertainment would be the, um, you know, a show would be what that curtain is, yeah. Yeah. So it's got all of that and it had the sense of the show and we'll connect it back with the sparkly earlier on in the dream later. The sense of the show and yet it was something neutral in the dream. It was something that until you considered the baby, it was like this isn't actually important at the moment. Mm. Mm. And yet it represents many things there, including basically your social life and your, and your cultural life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. When you when you told the dream and you went through the I don't know how I'm going to climb bumping into things falling over, and then you mentioned theatrical curtain. I wondered whether it was like this is being dra- dramatic here, you know, bring in the theatrical curtain. Because well, I'm really... and, yes, and I was thinking that too. Yeah, mm. you know, the whole pushing it over, you know, the attention. Mm. 
you know, I was wondering about, you know, is there some attention there? Yes, yeah. Attention-seeking, you know. Yes, yeah, I think so. Attention-seeking, and yet you're at the same time, you're, you're thinking in the dream, that's not important at the moment. That's not something that I really need to be doing. Mm. But you, what, what um, struck you in the dream was that it was dangerous for the baby. What, what was happening yeah. there? Well, it was kind of like... Um, it was like, so she had the baby, she was holding the baby quite weirdly on her hip, you know, in her arm. Mm. Now I'm, now that we're talking about it, I remember it was something about the curtain ropes sort of being, could be, could be tangled into the baby and the baby would be ripped from her arms and strangled or something like that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Cause there was mm. like this kind of velocity of this, um, of the pulling down of these cable of this rope for the curtain but it was moving very fast and it was going in an up way. So I just kind of like, if the baby gets caught in that, it's going to be dragged and killed, basically. Yeah. So you've got, um, that's interesting, you've got the idea that you, the, the pulling of the, 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 the rope um, and, and you said pulling down. So there's that sense then the same as a monolith falling down. There's something big that's coming down and that can cause a potential problem. This time with the baby could possibly strangle. So I want to get closer to the symbolism of the baby. How old was the baby roughly? Oh, infant. Like, I mean, like nursing baby. Right. Okay. So that would be between birth and just off the top of your head, how many months? Oh, I've no, I don't know. What I've no experience of babies. I'd say I don't know, no more than a year. Okay, like, that's you great. know, like yeah. within yeah, like six eight months maybe. Thank you. That's it. Unconscious mind always knows six to eight months. <laughs> 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 baby in the dream, particularly if it's not a baby that you know, may represent something that's been in in your life for a certain length of time. This baby may, may or may not have been six to eight months old. So it's a sense of something that's been in your life eight to months, eight, six to eight months old that you feel is in danger of being strangled, of losing its voice. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So how long is it since you've been on this mission to, you know, when did you give up your, your nine-to-five job? Oh, uh, I the start of June. So um, for people listening in, we're actually recording this ahead of it going out. That's a couple of months ago, July, August, three months ago. Yeah. It still fit into the nursing baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's something that, I mean, I was considering leaving, you know, like the process from, you know, wanting to leave to actually leaving, mm. um, you know, that was started back in January, you know, Christmas time. Okay, so that so Christmas to us recording it today, which is towards the end of August, is eight months. So we've got six to eight yeah. months there. So it's the the birth of the idea, this baby that you've been bringing along and nursing, literally nursing, because she's an aspect, or everyone in the dream is mm. an aspect of yourself. This thing that you've been nursing, that at the time of the dream you're thinking, oh no, 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 if this something comes down. Um, it's it's got the potential to strangle my work, to take out my voice, to take out my expression. Mm. And it may or may not have to do with um, boundaries, which it probably has, you know, the curtain being a boundary, mm. or it may have to do with um, uh, being theatrical, or it may yeah. have to do, as you said, with, um, with your, um, you know, your social life, your drag queen friends, the, the glitter, the sparkly, all of that. Or just the, so the non-existent social life. Yes. 
<laughs> exactly. You know, and, and not being, and that's something that we haven't been around for. You know, I mean, like everybody, it's been so long since contact with friends and mm. doing right. that fun stuff. So right. yeah, the curtains have come down on the area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I mean, even you know, within the world, you know, you can still go to sport, but you can't go to a theater. You know, you can't go to the theaters. Yes. Um, so I guess that's. Yeah. So that's um, that area of your life um, at the time of the dream closed off from you, not only in terms of your social life, but as you say, actually going out as a as a audience member to the theater as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The curtains coming down. Hmm. But also within the context of this dream, because dreams always have multi-level meanings, we're, we're still back to this idea of the, the boundaries and whether the, how much of the, a, a boundary those curtains were representing and how much getting the boundaries right for you and in place for you are going to help um, you to continue to nurse and nurture the, the, mm. this new baby and, 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 and under what other circumstances, if the boundaries aren't right, can it lead to potentially um, strangling your your new baby ideas and your yeah. expression? Yeah, and that makes so much sense, you know, mm. in symbolically. Yeah. Yeah. If we go back to the beginning, more towards the start of the dream, to sort of build more into this now, um, <laughs> at the very beginning of the dream, it could have been anybody, but it happened to be this particular chef, this particular friend. Yeah. That you to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And is, is that is that friend a, a, a sculptor? No, he's a chef. He's totally a chef, 100%. Yeah, he's a, rent- a restaurateur, yeah. Yeah. So because, as you said, you, you have in the past, um, had, you had a business cafe and you loved it. It was a love and a passion. Um, the beginning of the dream may... The beginning of the dream generally sets the situation or issue that the rest of the dream goes on to explore. So being a chef, it could be, oh, you know... I, I, when I when I was a chef, or when I had a not when you were a chef, when you had a business and a cafe, mm. um, it was about love and passion, not money. And so the dream could be about this is about love and passion in my other sense, in, in what I'm opting for now and how mm. to explore this. But let let's throw a little bit more light on that and think about that person, that chef. What what three words would you use to describe his um, personality or approach to life? Oh, look, focused, jovial, um, oh, generous. Um, he was a mentor for, for my partner and I in, in that, you know, and, a, and an advocate for us. And, a, you know, he waved, waved our flag for us. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, you And, know, you, and yeah. you pushed his monolith down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, as your mentor, waving your flag for you, presumably you mean in your business cafe idea? Yeah, like, I mean, he knew that we were not, you know, chefs. He was so, um, you know, he was so encouraging of what we were doing and, you know, the feedback that he would hear around the traps and pass that on to us and just, you know, it was just somebody, you know, fanning your flame, you know, it was... It was, yeah, and that's that's kind of why the, the dream, I was so kind of, when you see people that you know in your dreams, I'm always quite shocked by them because, you know, it's that hard thing between dream life and reality and, yes. you know, um, carrying that over into into the day, into your waking life is, 
and kind yes. of weird. <laughs> yes, you you, um, you don't want to reference what happened in the dream when you meet this person in the outer world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he so he represents uh, in many things, many beautiful things there, including mentoring you through your um, your cafe business. And in many ways, you've you now don't run you don't run the the cafe business at all. No, we sold it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you know, there, there may be a sense in which the the sculpture that the chef uh, created in the dream, the monolith, uh, may also have been the things, the, the the idea of the business cafe which he was mentoring you through, and therefore, you know, that that old um, business, the cafe that you had, as you say, you folded, may be akin to pushing over the monolith. It's like we had that, and it was a love and a passion, but for whatever reason, I knocked it over, and. Should I feel remorse for this? I don't know. I'm trying to feel remorse for it, but I'm not really feeling it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such our, and it was such my partner and my life for five years mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and the area that we moved, because we're not really from this area. We moved here five years ago and accidentally started up the cafe. It was just, <laughs> it was like an organic thing that happened. Um, and that's what we're known for here. And it's like, that's so not our, that's so not who we are. That was something that we did. Yes. But our whole identity is about, oh, the boys from the cafe, the boys from the cafe. It's like, oh, my God, we're more than that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like we're actually artists and we're, we're actually this and, you know, we're, you know, we're not baristas mm. and, you know, cooks. Mm. I mean, that's part of us. But, you know, and nobody, and even in that, you know, the small, and this is not even even the town that we're in now. This was a smaller town, forty-five minutes away from here. <laughs> um, you know, further up into the hills, um, and you know they get weirder up there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anybody in the valleys. I mean, they're beautiful, but you shouldn't go too far up the valleys. Um, so, so when I mentioned earlier on, I said, well, maybe the monolith, maybe on many levels, the monolith you were knocking over there was your nine to five job. Maybe it was also um, the, the the monolith of people's expectations of you. You know, you're, you're, you're the wonderful boys. You're the wonderful baristas. You're the boys from the cafe. I'm much more than that. We are much more than that. I'm knocking down that monolith. I'm knocking down that one-eyed concrete um, view that people have had of us and you know, it was a success. It was good. I felt good. My partner felt good. But I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to knock that down. And particularly because in the dream, you weren't sure whether you were knocking it down because it was, whether he had um, uh, ripped off a, a sculpture that you had already done, or mm. you particularly said, or maybe ripped off a future sculpture. So it could be that's that's you also knocking down that monolith of. Yeah, we could have gone on. Maybe we could have had the coffee shop, the cafe, as well as being artists. But I'm, I, I don't want that. I'm knocking that down. And, mm. and, and, and asking yourself in this current lockdown situation and in the situation where you've got the, all the boundaries, questions going on and you're trying to establish your, um, you know, your, your serious boundaries around your art, mm. um, a part of you unconsciously at least going, shouldn't you feel remorse about giving up the coffee shop? And you go, no. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to, yep. but no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. And so, um, and yet, because that sculpture, as you described it, and I wrote down, you said concrete glass, large conglomerate stained glass windows. And when you said large conglomerate, I was thinking 
big business. You know, you, you later mentioned that concrete in your work represents government bureaucracy. So there's kind mm. of large conglomerate kind of yeah. <laughs> parallels there. So, um, so we can look at this on all those levels, so many different levels there. But it's also interesting that the monolith was in an open plan cathedral type house. So it was not only open plan, but it had very high ceilings as well. So like, where exactly were the boundaries in that house? Well, there was a little um, split level floor, wasn't there? And it wow. was, yeah, yeah, it was just standing on the edge of that split level very precariously. Yeah. So he said, if that building was, is you, is Ash, then mm. it's lovely and open. But mm. it's very your work is very precarious because there's no boundaries in place. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's great. But how do you do that? You know, that's the that's the trick, isn't it, Ash? It's like yeah. how do you create boundaries when you are creating work that you actually want to be open and accessible and put out there? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> how amazing. And I just wanna say, like I've been in my studio today, as I said, I've had meetings and whatever. I've I've uh, made some, you know, I've continued to make some ongoing work that's in my, here in my studio. And I've also been, I've, I can't, I just want to send you a photo after this about, <laughs> um, you know, this is probably about two hours before this, where I've kind of gone, this is the work that I love. Like, this is the kind of work that I'm known, you know, mm. that I'm kind of known for, that I love to make. It relies on being commissioned to make it, and it relies on being funded. So there's those corporations <laughs> and those government things that I need in order to make that work. I make politically charged work that they don't want to fund. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, you know, that they fund it and then they take it. Like, I mean, the last... Last three shows, I had a show that I was curated in at Parliament House two years ago that was, I went up to the, or wasn't the opening, I went up two days later and my work, and we're standing in, you know, friends had driven up from southwest Victoria, so the opposite end of Victoria <laughs> from where I am. We drive to Canberra, get to the show, and my work's not in it. And I had it been removed by the two, the two presiding there presiding officers of parliament complained about the work and it was removed within 48 hours of being oh. in the exhibition and nobody told me. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. You know, so I keep, a lot of my work keeps getting censored. Um, so anyway, then I kind of looked at, you know, there's, there's actually three streams in my work. Um, there's this one that needs funding and, and backing. And then from that, there, there are these other possible income streams. Um, and so it's just interesting that you're talking like this and this is stuff that I'm actually, <laughs> you know what I'm like, I can just see what you're saying and yes. it's lived out right now. It's fantastic, lived out right now. So even though you didn't fully understand these layers of the dream at the time, they have nevertheless um, percolated through and you're, you're living them out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It, it, um, it, it gives you, the dream gives you so many beautiful symbols and metaphors for you to be able to answer those questions that you've posed there and decide which, which um, income streams to go, to go mm. through. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There was something, there was one other thing that I wanted to say. Well, well there's lots of things I wanted to say, but bearing in mind our time. Um, yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, the loud, the noise was so loud and it kept on going. It was fully collapsed. It was totally ruined. It, it gives that feeling of um, not only did this thing that you pushed over and put an end to um, totally collapse, but it, it had loud repercussions as well. Where, mm. where have you felt the repercussions? Um... The repercussions from what we were talking about, perhaps surrounding the possibility of it surrounding this, you know, the the cafe business and the letting go of that and then yes. moving on. Uh, I mean, even even now, I, I would probably even go the repercussions of our identity in that small town have have echoed out across the land, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> So that you know, we were we weren't very well accepted there anyway. And I remember there was, uh, yeah. I guess just we no longer live in that town would be one of the repercussions of that. Yeah. Um, that I um, uh, ended up in a, a you know a job that I really didn't like because I had I needed to you know for an income post mm-hmm. that it was like you know we bought a house blah 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 blah. Um, the repercussions of that, there probably aren't any aside from ones that I've imposed, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And so yeah. be- because you've imposed them, they have been your choices. Yeah. Uh, so, so the not crying, the not remorseful kind of adds up there. Mm. So the, I'm not sure if we can still be friends, is basically <laughs> there's a part of myself that would still mentor me to have a coffee shop, etc., etc. I'm not really sure that I can still do that. Mm. the thousand dollars that would have to be paid (laughs) what's a thousand dollars mean to you what can you do with a thousand dollars is it a big sum a small sum well it's not big anymore is it (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's tokenism in some way you know Mm. i think it's kind of um you know it's sort of to me it represents a kind of fine or a kind of acknowledgement of um being you know in the wrong Mm. if you know you know like you know for not you know a speeding fine you know Mm. or or something like that that's what it kind of felt like to me and there and there you know there 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 you know the ridiculousness of insurance anyway it's this kind Mm. of you know not a large amount of money but it you know it's it's fear, you know, really. Yes, it is fear, isn't it? Yeah. It's fear and paying the price. Yeah. As opposed to just doing something fearlessly. Yeah. Mm. And th- there was a sense that when, when the monolith smashed the smithereens, I wrote down, you said it exploded. It was full of sparkly light and glitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite amazing. Yeah. And so you used to think, wow, should have knocked over that monolith a long time ago. <laughs> Because <laughs> look what it gave you. It broke it broke it down into, um, well, you know, you've already talked a little bit about glitter and sparkle. Just mm. uh, talk a little bit more about glitter and sparkle. Oh, just the kind of joy, I think, and, you know, the light and the, you know, just noticing how light glistens and it's kind of like the glint in people's eyes, you know, that's mm. something, it sparkles, it's about joy and and soul and those beautiful 
those beautiful feelings of, oh, you know, just like it was sunny here yesterday. You know, it was beautiful. <laughs> and it was like everybody was out in their front yards doing stuff. And it was an excuse for people to talk across the fence. You know? <laughs> um, so the whole neighborhood was out. And, you know, everyone, you know, it was beautiful. And I think that's for me. You know, I can feel that sensation as I'm talking about that. That's mm. what it, you know. Yeah, and when you can, when you're talking about a dream, and you can actually feel the sensation, you know, you're embodying it, you're getting it, mm. and that's the the joy of of the uh, non remorseful smashing of the monolith and releasing um, this joy and um, uh, soul. You said, and um, gosh, I wish I could read what I wrote down there. <laughs> 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 all of that energy that it's released in the dream and released within yourself as well. So, mm. you know, so the corollary would be to say that a lot of that was trapped within you when it was the monolith. Yep. Mm. And even, you know, as you're saying that, and I'm thinking even post business to, you know, caring for my mum, she had a stroke, you know, a year ago in two days. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, I've been the sole kind of organizer of making sure that she's you know <laughs> yeah you know recovering best and she has i mean geez she's done an amazing job you know um and thankfully you know it was a, a you know only a small stroke but enough you know enough to impact everybody's life dramatically um and more so mine, probably, because it's just like, and I couldn't, you know, it was the first time my mum has been sick, really. Um, and so I just couldn't imagine life. I'm just getting used to the fact that my mother's not going to be around forever. Yes. Uh, and, you know, she's actually quite a good friend of mine as well. Um, you know, totally love it a bit. So that part of it, too, was like, I'm putting all of this energy into my mum and to the point where... You know, we actually had a, you know, confrontation where it's just like, Mum, everything I'm doing is not working. Mm. I can't come here and I'm doing the same thing and you're telling me stuff and we're doing it, but nothing's changed. Like, nothing's working. I'm obviously doing, I'm doing things that you don't need. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So I'm like, you know, cleaning out the fridge or doing something or whatever and it's like she's not interested in doing that so I keep going there and doing it and it's just pouring all of this kind of energy into a black hole. Yes, absolutely. And I just so, had to stop doing it <coughs> as to well. Put, to put the glitter back in your eyes and the glitter yeah. back in her eyes. Yeah. Yes. That and, make, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, since doing that, probably shortly after this dream as well, <laughs> since actually kind of going, you know what, I'm taking a step back. And if you don't wash your dishes, it's not my problem. You know, if you'll wash the dishes when you need to <laughs> or when fantastic. you're able to. Um, so it's been good. That's fantastic. So boundaries beginning to put into place within yeah. yourself as well, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, where you're going to put your own joy and glitter. Yeah, and, and being able to go out, you know, so it's kind of like, hey, mum, let's meet up, go down the park for a walk. Beautiful. You know, that's the time that we're spending together rather than this constant deficit of like, oh, you're not looking after, you know, my perceived idea that she's not looking after herself when she's completely happy doing what she's doing. It's <laughs> me that's not happy with you know, my thoughts deteriorated, you know. 
I absolutely love it. You're, you know, we, we normally finish with a dream alchemy practice, which, as you probably know, means taking a symbol or a drama in the dream and um, transforming it towards a positive. As an artist, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to step out and do a massive sculptural <laughs> <laughs> exhibition to be put on in Canberra. But um, as an artist, what strikes you as, a, as an interesting um, thing that you can do either with art or visually or in writing to, um, to either enhance a feeling that you've got from our dream exploration or to transform uh, a more limiting symbol in the dream to a more... Um, uh, opening flexible oh, symbol gosh there's so many and i've just mm. found the whole thing so amazingly kind of powerful in in you know making those correlations between the dream and what's happened and what's happening and just how that fits is just incredible mm. um i love this idea of you know the tokenistic fine in some ways or that insurance bit yes um and you know the trying you're not remorseful okay well then i know you're not remorseful because you can't cry but give me a thousand dollars you know there's something <laughs> <laughs> there's this kind of i don't know that's an interesting tension for me mm. um and then again just the um the baby i think you know, about being caught in those cables and being ripped out of the mother's arms and going up the curtain, I think, is mm. another interesting visual. Mm. So we could work with either of those. Um, the baby one might be slightly easier. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is you want the theatrical curtain to be there because it is a boundary. You want to be able to open and close it at will, maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't want the baby to be caught in the rope. So, but we do want the baby to be nurtured and loved. Mm. What, at, at the moment, how are you feeling about the symbol of the theatrical curtain? I haven't, I don't know. I think I just, I'm, I'm in love with imagining, you know, its heaviness and the sensation of that velvet you know and the and the presence that something so big has mm. you know they're interesting things for me you know when i when you ask me about that that's what i kind of go to is this there's this heaviness to it but it's a good it's a good weight heaviness. do you know what i mean i do it's not i don't mean heavy yeah maybe heaviness is the wrong word it's a really good weight or you know stance or something mm. if that makes sense it holds its shape Holds its shape, yeah. Mm. So, but, what it's, but it's supported. I mean, that's the irony. It's this massive thing that has is hanging by <laughs> by a yeah. couple of you know strong threads. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if? What if? Would it work if we pictured the baby um, dressed in a micro version of the curtains, so mm. that you're combining the the feeling of continuing to nurse and nurture and grow um, the baby mm. and everything that implies, but, um, but dressing it in that sense of the, the presence and the velvet, um, it is, as you say, it, it's supported um, and, it, and it can yeah. poten potentially be used for boundaries. So maybe to play along around with those symbols when you contemplate this a little bit more after. So the idea being to 
transform the sense that oh dear I do want the curtains but I don't want the I don't want the baby to be strangled is to kind of integrate the two symbols so that both both grow in a, in a wonderful yep. way does that make sense yes it does I'm just writing some things down to sort of jog my memory to go back to this yeah mm. yeah so we're talk- talking about sort of using the the theatre curtain and the baby integrating those symbols of what I kind of think that theatre curtain is about and then the idea of by the baby being this new idea or this new spurt or, or life um, and then how they come together to create a new symbol that represents that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's all the positives, yeah. t- taking out the fears or the worries about... Um, uh, strangling the expression. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting one. Strangling the expression. I like mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we could talk about this for ages, but we do need to be aware of the length of the podcast. Is there anything yep. else that you wanted to ask before we wrap this one? No, Jane Teresa, that's been so amazing. And I really thank you for your time and investment in listening is amazing. And, um, and to be able to sort of talk with a complete stranger, <laughs> um, you know, thankfully anywhere in the world now. Um, yes. Um, and just to have some of that stuff unpacked and represented, because um, sometimes it's really hard to sort of make sense of the symbols that are so inherent in your for yourself, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, it can be so much harder to work with your, your stuff and your dreams than other people's, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, I'm, and people will have loved listening to this by the time it goes out and they will have loved our conversation and everyone will be rooting for you. <laughs> 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 oh, so, thank you for being a fabulous guest. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity. That was lovely, wasn't it? I just love doing the podcast show, doing the dream show. It's always so, so much fun to just jump into a dream I've never seen before and get to meet someone and share it with all of you out there. And I was struck with something that Ash said at the end there. He said, you know, it, it's really difficult to, um, to really basically deal with your own dream and, and it's good to have someone walk through you and walk through it with you and help, help you. And that's totally true, totally and absolutely true. It's really difficult to see our own stuff <laughs> because it's our own stuff. It's difficult to see our unconscious because it's our unconscious. And it's often much easier to begin to see an inroad or begin to see paths and meanings in someone else's dream. And that those are the values in, in taking a dream to talk with someone like me, whether it's on the dream show or whether it's in a private consultation. But it's also the reason why I set up the uh, the How to Interpret Your Dreams step-by-step courses and the other courses at the Dream Academy in the way that I did. I kind of took apart and asked myself, what are the steps that I take? What are the methods that I use? What are the tools and techniques that I use when I approach a dream? And, and broke it down into those steps so that you can go in if you do the course and confidently take one of your own dreams and follow those steps. It's almost like following the steps as if it's not your dream as someone else's how do I do this how do I work through this and you can come out at the end with some really good deep insight into um, the meaning of your dream 
and where you go for that dream-academy-online.com or my other website janeteresa.com that's Teresa without an H Um, the next episode of the dream show episode 251 is due out on the 30th of December 2021 if you'd like to be a guest on the dream show go to janeteresa.com go to the menu go to the dream show look at the drop down box and you'll find your way in from there have a wonderful month <laughs> and I'll speak to you in on the 30th of December 2021. I'm Jane Teresa Anderson.